Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Hi, this is Colin. Uh, Ryan's not with me today, uh, as uh, I'm speaking at a conference in Bahrain. Uh, not been to Bahrain before, um, and I thought I would tell you a little bit about uh, what I'm going to be speaking about, uh, which are the seven key strategic questions. Uh, so these are seven key strategic questions that, that uh, I believe that any organization looking to improve their customer experience needs to have an answer to. So hopefully as we go through these, uh, you're going to be able to tick these off and um, determine whether you're going to be able to achieve these or not or know the answers to these or not uh, and this is what I'm presenting at the conference this morning so first key strategic question are you ready for this first key strategic question is uh, what is the customer experience that you're trying to deliver do you have a clear picture uh, now, this stems back to when I first started uh, in customer experience. My boss at the time uh, turned around to me and said, and this is when I was in corporate life, he said to me, Colin, I'd like to improve the customer experience, but do it at least cost. Have you noticed that those things they always throw in? Uh, never say spend as much money as you want. Um, he said, improve the customer experience and do it at least cost. Now, that made me think two things. One is, what do we mean by a customer experience? And that's all the types of things that we uh, have been talking about on this podcast. Um, but also, what it meant is, if you're trying to improve something, it means you are somewhere and you're trying to head somewhere else. So what is the experience that you're trying to deliver? Um, we did some work with Maersk Line. Uh, Maersk are the largest container shipping company in the world. They improve their net promoter score by some 40 points over 30 months that led to a 10% rise in shipping volumes. Uh, that's not just us saying that, uh, as we were the ones that helped them achieve that, but that's Forrester saying that in a report they delivered on them. And they wanted their customers to feel trust, cared for, and pleased. So in every interaction they had, they wanted their customers to feel that they could trust Merseline that they felt Merseline cared for them and they felt pleased with the interaction. So uh, do you have something like that? So first key strategic question, what is the experience that you're trying to deliver? And the key test for me is if I was to come into your organization and ask that question uh, 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 for, of anybody in the call center, in sales, in marketing, would they all say the same thing? Uh, and what we typically find is most organizations do not have a clear articulation. Okay, question two, um, strategic question two. So what emotions are you trying to evoke in your customers? What emotions are you trying to evoke in your customers? Do you know? Uh, now this again is a key one. Uh, because what we know is that over 50% of a customer experience is about how a customer feels. If you look at what um, people do in the business-to-business -business arena, uh, they will often talk about relationships. So what emotion are you trying to evoke in your customer? And if you think about that from a relationship standpoint, you know, relationships are all about emotions. 
And for us, one of the key things is that when you're trying to evoke these emotions in your customers, uh, that they should be emotions that drive and destroy value for you. So um, and we did two years worth of research with London Business School. Um, you can see this on our website, uh, beyondphilosophy.com. Um, and we, we discovered that there are 20 emotions that drive and destroy value for an organization. And when I use the word value, I'm talking about things like, um, uh, increasing net promoter, increasing spend, increasing market share, increase, uh, in customer satisfaction. So in other words, something that the organization gets. So second key strategic question. What emotions are you trying to evoke in your customers? Okay, third strategic question, and this is a lot what we talk about on the podcast. Um, what is your subconscious experience? So what is your subconscious experience? So again, regular listeners will know on this podcast that we talk about the fact that there are rational experiences. Uh, these are the things that customers are doing. There's an emotional experience. This is how the customer is feeling. There is a subconscious experience. So these are the subconscious messages that you are giving to your uh, customer without even knowing that you are. So, uh, and then fourthly, the psychological experience, which again, uh, we talk a lot about on this podcast. But what we mean by a subconscious experience, let me give you a couple of examples, is for instance, that you go into a bank and they um, they put pens on chains. Um, now, the subconscious message there is that they don't trust you, okay? Um, I was on the phone. Um, um, I'm going to Australia shortly, and I was on the phone to Qantas. They kept me waiting 45 minutes. Uh, what does that tell you about the, the, what they think of their customers? Um, so the subconscious messages, uh, and this is important because this absolutely builds up a key critical uh, part of your customer experience. And these things are um, people think about or aren't consciously thinking about all these things, but they see these messages. Okay, fourth key strategic question. What do your customers really want? And what drives and destroys value for you? So again, when I say the word value, I'm talking about things like um, increasing spend, increasing net promoter, those types of things. So what do your customers really want and what drives value? Now, again, you would have heard us uh, talk about on this podcast what we would call the hidden experience. Um, so um, Disney know, for example, when they ask their customers what they would like to eat at a Disney theme park, Disney know that people often say they would like to have an option of a salad. Uh, but Disney also know that people don't eat salads when they go to theme parks. They eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So uh, what customers tell you and what customers actually want to do and what customers buy can be very different. And that's quite ironic um, in, in, in this type of environment of customer experience, um, uh, i.e., Sometimes the customer doesn't know what they want. 
so you really have to do some research on that to find out what is really driving value. And in one of the other podcasts, we talk about a research methodology that we use called an emotional signature. And the emotional signature uncovers what we would call this hidden experience, these hidden drivers of value. And typically, typically, uh, the hidden drivers of value are more emotionally based things. So they are more things like feeling trust or feeling cared for, as we just talked about um, with the Merceline example. Uh, and guess what? Those things are important. Uh, because now you're starting to align things. So guess what? When you're trying to answer the question about what's the experience that you're trying to deliver, they need to be the ones that drive value. Uh, and uh, therefore, it's undertaking that type of research that becomes key. Okay, question five. Uh, how well are you embracing customers' irrationality? So again, this is all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast um, you know, do you understand all the things that we talk about? System one, system two, the intuitive system, the rational system, um, confirmation bias, uh, heuristics, uh, all those types of things. Do you understand those things? And are you putting those things into, into practice? And again, um, what we discover is that most organizations don't really understand the psychology of what's happening in their experience. Things like, again, peak end rule, which I think is one of the key uh, attribute, one of the key parts of psychology, uh, talking about what people remember and how they remember these. They remember the peak emotion that they felt. They remember the end emotion that they felt. Uh, again, uh, over the last year, we've done a lot of podcasts on this subject. I would suggest that you you dive into any of these. And by the way, if anybody wants to talk any of these through, uh, then just drop us an email at uh, contact at Beyond Philosophy. That's contact at Beyond Philosophy. Uh, and either I or one of the team will be glad to get on the line and uh, just have a chat. Um, so question five, how well are you embracing customer irrationality? Question six, is your customer experience deliberate? In other words, do you mean to do it? Uh, and what we typically find is that most customer experiences are either accidental or consequential. And what we mean by that is that most experiences that are being provided to customers today have not been thought through, have not been detailed out, and are a consequence of all of the actions that people take. So, for instance, again, when I was waiting on the phone for my Qantas flight, uh, being kept waiting 45 minutes, why was I waiting 45 minutes? Well, uh, if I was being nice to them, uh, they hadn't staffed up the call center uh, sufficiently and there was a peak of demand. If I was being uh, not so nice to them, I would say that they have just worked out what's the minimum amount of time that they can uh, start or have the staffing levels up to to answer the phone and they've implemented they've implemented that typically most organizations think of themselves before they think of the customer most organizations are what we would call inside out rather than outside in so typically when we are looking at um, 
and this is now in this this one in in this strategic question is your customer experience deliberate this is where you would start to use things like journey mapping to help you uh, and when we use journey mapping we look at the four aspects uh, of a customer experience so we would look at rational things we would look at emotional things we would look at the subconscious messages that you're giving at each step of your journey and we would look at some of the overriding psychological principles that are happening uh, at, at that part of uh, the journey as well. So is your customer experience deliberate? Last one, uh, and, and again, extremely important. How customer-centric is your organization? Uh, oftentimes what we see is that people make a mistake of trying to improve their customer experience without actually changing anything in the organization. And if you want the changes in your organization to be sustainable, it is absolutely key critical for you to ensure that you start to change your organization um, and start to look at how customer-centric your organization is. Um, and I wrote um, my second book, in fact, out of the six that I've written so far uh, on customer experience, um, um, I wrote a book called Revolutionize Your Customer Experience. Uh, and in Revolutionize Your Customer Experience, we did lots of research and we, dis we discovered that there are effectively four uh, orientations that an organization is, um, is within, would be in one of these orientations. You're either naive, uh, naive organizations look at what's good for themselves and impose that on the customer. You're transactional. A transactional organization tends to treat the customer as if they are a transaction and processes them. Uh, you're enlightened. These organizations have recognized that there is a customer experience and there's a more holistic need for things um, to coordinate things uh, and, and have recognized that customers have emotion. And finally, you are natural or you are natural. Um, so these are organizations who are naturally focused around the customer. So we call this from naive to natural. Uh, and, and you can be in one of those four different parts. Again, um, go to our website and, 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 uh, look this up, uh, naive to natural. You can actually undertake an assessment, uh, as well. Um, so how customer centric are you? Um, so part of any, customer experience program not just should be looking at what you're doing to improve the experience for your customer but what you're looking to do to make your organization more customer centric. So those are the seven key strategic questions that I'm going to be talking about today at the Bahrain conference. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we've done a lot of work in the Middle East um, and uh, I know this is customer experience is really a hotbed of conversation at the moment in, in the Middle East. Um, so really looking forward to this. The Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com. Com. So I'd like to introduce you to you now Rami, 
Rami is the CEO of Golf CX. Uh, Rami has engaged us to come out and um, give this keynote presentation at the conference today. Uh, and I thought it'd be interesting for everybody in the audience to understand what's happening with uh, customer experience in the region uh, and just to find out why this is becoming a bit more of a hotbed of a topic. Uh, many global organizations are, are, are based in the region. Um, so, um, Rami, perhaps you could talk me through, uh, you know, what is, why is customer experience so key in the region now uh, and what's actually happening? It has definitely uh, picked up and we're getting a lot of uh, inquiries and uh, challenges that organizations are facing today are perhaps new to many of them and they need the assistance of consultants and operational expertise to be able to address them from a technology perspective, from a, from a customer experience maturity perspective. And to be honest, the main, the major drive has been the liberalization of markets. I think uh, right. there has been a monopoly in the telecom sector, in the financial sector, yeah. uh, uh, transportation sector, all regulated markets. And obviously with the uh, with the uh, uh, drop in the oil prices, it's actually driven governments to uh, fully liberalize the markets, create a competitive landscape, uh, get foreign investment. And this is exactly what has happened uh, across the whole, uh, not only the Gulf region, but but also the Middle East as a whole. And uh, if we take a few uh, examples of those uh, in the transportation sector, um, uh, companies like Uber and Kareem um, have disrupted the, the, the sector. Right. This has driven uh, existing companies that have been doing the same thing for the last 30 years to immediately have a, a requirement to innovate, to stay relevant, to compete, and this is uh, a big undertaking right. for for such organizations. Do you think it's it, do you think it's worrying organizations here? Because you know part of the challenge is that I guess if you've been running your business for the last thirty years in a certain way, and suddenly life changes, and you know you've got more competition coming in and more disruption. You know, do you think it starts worrying people about how do they manage? Absolutely. And uh, worrying to uh, both business owners, which is very prevalent in this part of the world where family-owned businesses uh, have uh, have uh, completely uh, uh, gotten into the stage of uh, panic, to be honest. And taking an example, another example is really the food and beverage industry where restaurants um, are being uh, disrupted by the third-party aggregators who are simply taking over deliveries, uh, delivery tracking, and uh, to the extent of creating what we refer to as ghost or virtual uh, restaurants, um, has put them uh, immediately into a revenue drop, right. a margin drop, and uh, they've, uh, they've, uh, they're looking at ways where product and price have uh, uh, have I, I would say uh, honestly that the uh, the erosion in uh, in uh, the uh, two factors of uh, price and uh, product have uh, nearly gone below customer experience within just the last uh, 18 months yeah. and uh, this has been uh, across uh, these disrupted verticals and and also with regards to the customer experience maturity, many organizations have a knowledge gap. So we're in the process of going through a learning curve, uh, trying to adapt best practices that can fit uh, the region and fit the culture that we live in. 
Uh, and uh, th- that is what we're going through by having these sort of conferences where we build and try to bridge that knowledge gap uh, by, for example, engaging today what many of our audience uh, had uh, never thought of, which is how do customers feel? Yeah. So we've taken a lot of things for granted. Uh, we've looked at operational KPIs, but we never really went to the level of understanding sure. how customers feel. Yeah. No, and I and I think that's certainly been a change. I mean, we've we've done work here uh, over the years, um, but there has always there's always been a it's felt there's always been more of a resistance to talk about customer emotions. But I have to say, I was really pleased today that um, with the presentations that we had and talking to a number of people, there seems to be much more of a an acceptance yeah. uh, of, of that now. It's always fascinated me on the on the restaurant side of things because. When I sit in a restaurant back in England and they have lots of takeaways, I, I, I sit there and I think to myself, what's their main business? Because the danger is, is I see all this food coming out the kitchen and yet I'm sitting there waiting for my food to be delivered. Yeah. And I think to myself, you know, have they really, th- I, I nearly get into my consultancy role and, and, and call the manager over and give him some free consultancy. But it, it really is a question, isn't it? Now, you know, are you a restaurant first and you do takeaway or are you a takeaway that happens to be in a restaurant? Yeah. And, I, and I think that's something that um, a lot of organizations need to need to think about going going forward. Yeah, I think this is uh, what happens when uh, you get disrupted so fast that uh, you don't even have time to go back and uh, think about what your core business and what you should focus on and how uh, uh, how you've been existing and how you can maintain that. So the uh, the franchise restaurants were disrupted. They had to jump on the third-party aggregator bandwagon because somebody, so one of them did. So they thought that would be the best idea without really taking a step back and doing uh, things cautiously. Even what Uber uh, has done in the region, it actually forced the regulator to adapt uh, to these uh, changing technologies um, otherwise, they would be losing uh, a, a, a lot of uh, data around the security of what's being done. And, you know, in this part of the world, security is one of the, uh, the top sure. priorities for any sure. government or country. And the other thing I think that I, I learned today was just the challenges of the Arab dialect in the sense that there are just so many different dialects. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, when you start to look into that automation and everything else, you, um, and maybe it's just being English, I don't know, but you, you selfishly think everybody speaks English um, yeah. and you don't realize there's so many different dialects out there and actually the challenges that that, that, that causes. Yeah. The, the, uptake, the uptake on technology... Uh, in our opinion, always relies on two things, the the culture and uh, the language. And uh, yes, Arabic language is a, is one of those uh, areas. I think it is rated the third uh, most complex language uh, in the world. And uh, the dialects even uh, make it uh, more of a challenge. And uh, technology vendors have to uh, have their machine learning capabilities uh, do probably 10 to 20 times more what the normal machine learning would do in uh, the West or the US. Good. So just finally then, just tell me about Golf CX. What is it you do and how can people contact you? So we're a business capability outsourcing companies. We help enterprise customers uh, differentiate and uh, we use consulting, operational and knowledge experience 
to uh, help uh, be able to deliver such uh, uh, services to clients. So we we cover the whole uh, Gulf region. Um, we have uh, uh, operational centers in uh, Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Dubai to help our clients or global clients uh, deliver services uh, to their customers. Uh, we employ best-of-breed technology uh, uh, with uh, such companies as uh, Genesis, Varent, uh, Qualtrics, and uh, others to make sure that uh, we have the analytics component and help uh, the our clients uh, uh, manage their customer experiences using uh, data that we've been able to analyze and provide for them. Uh, the dashboards and reports and uh, uh, even to the extent of getting into a prediction uh, has been one of our differentiators uh, to help our customers uh, uh, focus on their core business while we help them in their engagement process. Great. Good. Okay. So thanks very much, and um, I look forward to coming back to Bahrain at some point in the in the future. Thank you for your visit. Thank you. Okay, some final reflections on, on today. Um, first of all, uh, I've known this for some time, but it's great to see confirmed that customer experience is, is just growing in importance. Um, and as Rami's just said, you know, uh, becoming extremely important in, in the Middle East. Um, second thing that I would say is that, um, the more I think about this, the more that AI, artificial intelligence is going to have a massive impact on the customer experience. Um, but the, I do have a worry, uh, and that worry is that people are going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, so let me just tell you a brief story. Um, when uh, back in the day we used to get our milk delivered in England um, and um, every day the milk was delivered and uh, every week the milkman used to come along and um, uh, come and collect his money uh, and I used to say to my wife um, you know shouldn't we stop the milk and go down the to the grocery store and buy the milk from there because it was cheaper and she used to say no 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 don't want to do that because the guy comes around, Milkman comes around every Friday night, collects his money. We have a bit of a laugh and a joke, and you know I don't want to. I don't want to um, uh, go down the grocery store. So the interesting thing was that what then happened was, uh, as milk deliveries declined, uh, our milkman left. The new milkman came along, um, decided that actually coming and collecting the money was inefficient. So what he did was he said. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave a receipt underneath the milk bottle and uh, then uh, I'm, you know, can you leave a check in a safe place and he would pick it up. Uh, and guess what happened after two months? Yep, you're right. Uh, we stopped having the milk uh, and we went to the grocery store and brought it. Why? Because the key interaction that we were having was the interaction on the Friday night when the guy came around to collect his check. That was the thing, really, that we were paying for. Because um, the milk was just the commodity. The experience was the, 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 the laugh and the joke that we would have with the milkman when he came round. And when the new guy effectively automated the process, then that's when you start to have a problem. So here's my worry. My worry is that too many organizations are, are thrusting themselves headlong into digital transformation and to AI and are not considering where 
um, uh, where is the area that drives most value for them? Yeah, um, and typically those human interactions are the areas that drive a lot of value. So I believe that what organizations should be doing is they need to do some research before before they start off with this digital transformation and identify the areas that are going to drive most value and keep those human interactions uh, in place. Uh, because the danger is, is they're going to automate something that the customer values the most and they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot uh, um, and by doing that automation uh, and then the customer's going to leave them. Uh, because they've automated the thing that they actually uh, drove most value for them. So anyway, Bahrain's a great place. Uh, looking forward to uh, coming back here again someday uh, and looking forward to being back with Ryan next week. So hope to hear from you then. Bye-bye. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.